Hi, I'm Savannah. I'm Rola. I'm Veda. I'm Riley. And we're reading The Catcher in the Rye, and we're having a Socratic seminar. Um, so, first question, why do you think Miss Helmer would choose to assign this book, and why did we read this book? I think she assigned the book because she wants, she wants us to know that we're all... Like, this book is about just walking through a life of a teenager who's depressed and filled with emotions. And I think she wants us to know, like, that we're all living the same life. And I just find him, like, relatable in a way of how he, like, how he... I mean, we all, like, judge people and stuff like that, but he does it to an extreme. But, like, I just find it kind of relatable how we're just, like, reading his thoughts. Yeah, I think it's really cool because in a lot of books... They kind of state the issues up front or make them really obvious. Just like, oh, yeah, broken home, terrible family, all this. And, like, they make it very obvious that the character has a messed up backstory, a messed up this or that, and that he makes bad decisions. But um, this, you kind of have to learn that by his actions and what he says. It's just not stated outright, yeah. you know? So I think because of that, we learn to dissect characters more and... Um, like, you know, we get to relate ourselves to his actions and acting out and just kind of, I don't know, re we relate to it more. And it helps us learn to figure out, like, how to, um, like, in daily life, like, how to, like, just look around and be like, oh, you can't just judge someone based on what they look like. You have to, like, actually get to know them or, like, understand how they're going. Yeah, it honestly goes off that reliability, like, relatable life because... While we may not entirely go through everything that Holden goes through, we can still relate to, like, some of the way the actions are. Like, he did an action based off of a certain emotion or certain feeling. While we may not do that specific action, we would still, like, maybe do something else based off that emotion or topic that he's going off of. So it sort of goes into depth of how life can be as, like, our teens and how close we can relate to Holden. So what did you guys... I don't know if this is a question or not, but what did you guys think of the ending? Personally, I thought, um, I didn't like the ending that much. I just thought it was kind of abruptly ended. I wanted to know <laughs> what was going to go on. I feel like the ending, I, in a way, it was realistic because not everything has a perfect bow tied onto it. But I wish there was more. Like, they just sort of brought in characters and didn't develop them. Like, Jane, what happened to Jane? I want to know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I was invested in that storyline. I just feel like there were a lot of open end ends, which I think they purposely did to try and show that it was a continuing developing character. But I just, I personally wish there was just a deeper ending to the book. I feel the same as that because while it did end off abruptly, I will say there was a certain response, like his last few words, which one was it? It was, um, uh, this one. When you, um, actually I have the book here. <laughs> Um, don't ever tell anybody anything. If you do, you start missing everybody. So I sort of, the reason why I was actually enjoyed the ending was because of that quote, due to how most of the time people are like, no, why don't you talk about them? It's like, I want to know about them too. It's cool to like express it. But at the same time, when you start talking about that person that like you've missed or that's in your past, you, you actually do start to miss them. You're like, oh my God, there are so many things like I either liked about them. I mean, like sometimes you may not like the person, but there's always, when you start talking about them, you slowly are like, God, I want to go back to them. So that 
you know what made me happy that Holden then like realized that like that was his ending was that he was slowly like getting out of his like comfort zone of being avoidant and stuff and then he was finally like hey, yeah. I like people. I think it's his fear of like attachment to people since he really liked his brother and he loved his brother and he died and now he's like you when when his sister was like then what do you like he's like well I like Ali and he's like well he's dead. So I think he's afraid of like getting close to people and then something bad happening to them and then he is gonna be the one who's have to deal with all of like the trauma behind yeah. it. Yeah, I think sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's like the fact kind of what you're saying is that like like if you miss someone, it's harder to leave them just in like a peace of mind. Like kind of like what Sabrina was saying, like if you start thinking about this one person constantly, you're gonna be like, Oh, you're gonna figure out everything about them but then if you leave it's just so much harder to get that peace of mind of oh you're not with them anymore you just have to be alone and like I think that's the fact why I kind of like the book because the ending of the book because he doesn't really know what's going to happen next but he knows enough to know that something might happen good and it's okay and there's people who care about him and it's okay to miss somebody but at the same time you don't want to just keep thinking about the past you want to be in front I just like I feel that his attachment to his brother and his parents had a really big impact I know they didn't talk about his parents too much but in attachment theory they show how childhood has a really big impact on how you form relationships later on in life and he doesn't talk about his parents much but when he does it's just like they're really worried and they're disappointed in him. And then of course his brother died. And it's just every time he seems to get attached to somebody, he either disappoints them or they abandon him through death or sending him away or something like that. You know what I mean? And so and that hurts, you know, when you're just constantly being separated like that. So I think, and it shows when he meets people, he gives them a fake name or a fake age, or he doesn't let people actually see who he is. Because if you let people actually see who you are, you're not putting that straight up barrier right there. Whenever he does that, he's putting an immediate barrier with whoever he's meeting. And that way they can't get too attached because they don't know who they're really talking to, you know? I honestly like get it though, because if you notice like throughout the book, every time someone would like talk to him about something, like he would try and talk to someone they would just shut him out and say, like, you're too young. I don't even, like, he puts himself in, I mean, it's kind of his fault because he puts himself in those situations. But, like, other than that, people are always, like, ignoring him. No one's, like, actually took the time except Phoebe to, like, ask him and, like, to have, like, a conversation with him if everything's okay. And they just judge him and they say, oh, you did this yourself. You're filling all your classes. You did this. But no one, like, goes in depth with him. And I get why he does those things that he does. Yeah. Okay. Going off that, I'd like to ask the question of why do you think Ms. Holtmer chose to focus on therapy theories and coping mechanisms? I'm sorry, repeat that. <laughs> why do you think Ms. Holmer chose to focus on therapy theories and coping mechanisms? Um, kind of like I said, it's just like how childhood really impacts the way you act. Um, and I think you could really, really see that in this book. Even if he doesn't, like, that's why I said you have to really dissect the book a bit because it doesn't talk about his childhood a lot. He even said in the very beginning he doesn't want to go into his childhood. So you really have to kind of take what you know about how he's making relationships in the book and then kind of relate it to the very small bits and pieces he tells you about his childhood. For example, for example, like when, um, when you first read the book, you just go through the first chapter and it's not until later, like, 
when Miss Helmer said, oh, did you guys recognize who's in the um, mental hospital? And I was like, no. Like, it, you have to, like, read or reread. Like, I, you, you just read it, like, quickly. Wait, you he would, was in a mental hospital? Yeah. yeah. What? <laughs> it's in the beginning of the first page um, where it says, um, let's see. You really can't tell. <laughs> I yeah, watched really videos about tell. the book, but it said that it's a myth that people think he's in mental hospital. No, people say he is, but he's actually no, he is because in the start of the book, he's he when says, he's beginning the book, he's beginning the book. I'll just from tell you about the this madman stuff that happened to yeah. me last Christmas I before I got here, that. I don't, I and had to take it easy. So it's like not really. And then the ending of the book it tells you um, also explains how. This one psychoanalyst guy they have here keeps asking me if I'm gonna apply myself when I go back to school next semester. Oh, oh, dang. see, you really do have to read yeah. into it. <laughs> like, as like things like that, and also like how we didn't like I didn't know that he was like sexually abused until I had to read the same chapter over again. I was like, wow, okay. Because it's like you have to really like what it's like so thought. <laughs> I'm, I'm like learning. I thought I uh, like had it down to it, but I missed it a lot apparently. <laughs> you put the mental hospital. I don't know about it. <laughs> oh, here it goes. Okay. Um. Let's see. station. Okay. So, do you remember when Mr. Antonelli, sorry, I don't know if I say his name, um, when he goes... Oh, and he cut his head and he freaked out. Yeah. So, the last paragraph of the chapter says, I started sweating like a bastard. That kind of stuff happens to me about 20 times since I was a kid. I can't stand it. Which basically means, like, he was abused in some yeah. way. It either means he was abused or, once again, going back to his attachment, getting close to people really freaks yeah. him out. So it's either he overanalyzed it and freaks out whenever somebody gets close and yeah. puts it in that pervert category to make sure to separate it, you know? Yeah. Or he was sexually abused. It's up to interpretation, I think. Yeah. Um, and I think it is that vagueness in the story where everything... I think it is that vagueness where everything could technically be up to interpretation that kind of summarizes what Catcher in the Rye is trying to accomplish because it doesn't really try to define itself as a story. I don't think you could make a plot arc out of it. Um, but what it is, is it's just a slice of life cut out of this teenage boy's life. And it's not meant to be pretty and concise and wrapped with a bow. It's relatable in a way that people don't enjoy. Like, yeah. I've been pretty hard on this book because I don't like the fact that I re relate to Holden. I mean, like, I'm clinically depressed. I don't like that I can get super sad at random stuff like Holden does. So every time I do it, I'm extra harsh on him because that's how I am on myself. Because people are yeah. always hard on themselves. So yeah. when they see the parts they don't like of themselves reflected in others they really just go to town, which is such an ugly coping mechanism, but that's what this book is about. It's about addressing the ugly, the unneat, and things that we can't summarize yeah. precisely. Right. Even when he calls people like morons and phonies all the time and instantly judges people just based off what we see, a lot of these seminars and these seminars that we're having, um, that's a lot of thing that comes up. We're like, you know, we all hate on Holden, but we do a lot of these things we do. We have judged people with just the first glances. We do all that stuff. We do get upset for no reason. And even though we don't like to 
acknowledge those things and that we don't like Holden as a character for those very reasons. We also love him as a character for those very reasons because those are, that's why, oh geez, that's why we relate to the book. I honestly think that his attitude and everything he thinks about people, if like he sees what he wants, but he doesn't have in other people, he sees them being successful and happy and everything. He hates on them because he doesn't have that. And I feel like that's if if he learns how to look at to take those negative things about him and just like turn it around, he can really switch up his life. Because I feel like he's trapping himself into the into this like he's trapping himself and he just doesn't. I feel like he's not. If he like I don't know how to explain like, it. He doesn't like know how to get out. Right. Like, he's, he's trapping himself, himself by the negativity and everything that he's going through. He's not allowing people to like come inside and yeah. I feel, yeah, I, I understand. I feel like he's like just a teenager that's like he wants good things to happen to him, and like in a way, he is a good kid, but he has so many bad things happening to him. I think he just expects everything to be really bad, yeah. and he doesn't want to give like happiness or positivity a chance because like he just feels like with his brother, like he loved his brother so much and then his brother died and he was like well okay that didn't work out then he like goes and like his he was like really I guess okay with his parents at first before his brother died and then his mom just like completely shut off and was completely like anxiety she was everywhere and then he was like okay so they're not paying attention to me either so I feel like it's just he's in like this like kind of what you're saying more like a dark like hole and that he cannot like just get himself out of it because mm-hmm. he's expecting negativity and bad things just to happen to him constantly. That he doesn't want to like even make sure to see if well is there any good in me. Like, he just yeah. wants to look at all the best. And you can actually see the good sides of him, even yeah. like, and he just thinks that he doesn't really acknowledge it a lot. But you do see like good parts of it, like. Him being so determined to give Phoebe back her Christmas money. Him not wanting to take her yeah. Christmas money. Her, him wiping off the bad words from the school. Mm-hmm. You know, just random stuff like that. Like um, buying food for, I think he bought food for the nuns or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like he just he gave a donation too. Yeah. He doesn't acknowledge the stuff, but he just naturally does it. And that's the thing with mental health, especially in like the 1950s where it wasn't addressed at all. And if you had it, you were a freak, and oh, off to the nut house to you. Um, it doesn't make sense. A lot of people hate themselves, even though they're kind people, and it's because their brain just doesn't allow them to believe that. They have this deep-rooted problem with self-loathing, and it's not something you can really logic your way out of. It's something that takes time and commitment and a support system, and a therapist especially. It's complicated. Humans literally have to dedicate their lives studying other humans just to understand themselves. It's a mess. Like, going off of, like, relating Holden to, like, at least for myself, I feel like the way he, like, uh, calls everyone a phony for being, like, for having, like, he would see people dancing and having fun and being successful. Like, look at all these phonies. I think, at least for me, when I look at someone who has everything that I, like, want to be like, I'm like, oh, look at them, like, trying so hard. They're trying so hard to be like that. Yeah. And then I'm just, like, ignoring the fact that I, I'm i only hating on them because I can't be like that. I don't know how like, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, new question? Yeah, I actually have something that I wanted to talk about. Um, it seems to me that uh, Holden is in a constant struggle between wanting to grow up and wanting to stay young. Um, you see it like he doesn't want to handle responsibility, but at the same time, he wants to do things on his own without the consequences, you know, without having yeah. other people have to, you know, he wants to just make his own decisions. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the reasons why I think he has such a strong attachment to Phoebe is I think in a way Phoebe represents his child in him, represents like that side of him. And I think that's why he is so protective of Phoebe and why, I mean, even at the end when she went on the carousel, why he was so emotional about it because she was so happy and that made him so happy. Yeah. It was like almost um, giving something to his inner child by giving something to Phoebe, mm -hmm. which I think kind of goes back to the attachment style and like your childhood and all that stuff and just kind of uh, ties it together in a way. Yeah, I feel like he kind of just wants, he realizes that I think Phoebe, like even though when his brother died, Phoebe has like this sense of his brother died, my brother died, yes, but I can still continue on. I think he just kind of wants that for himself, but he doesn't know how. And he's already grown up and seen like trauma happen to himself, traumatic things that happened in his life. And he just wants to, I think, save and kind of protect Phoebe from that. He just wants her to be like, everything's fine in the world, even though you know there's bad stuff, don't look at it. Like he's like back to like what the other question was like, he's a nice kid who wants everything good for other people, but just doesn't know how to do it for himself. And I think that's the fact where he's just like, he wants to stay in this balance of kid and adult because he wants to be the happiness and innocent of a kid and like having everything good. But then at the same time, if he's an adult, he understands the tough decisions he has to make, but doesn't want to like connect them together. He just wants them to be. I also think he's like, um, in, towards like the end, I feel like he's not towards the end, and like in the middle. He's kind of delusional in a way. Like, he wants, like, a perfect life by just... When he was talking to Sally about it, he was like, I just want to run away with you. He wants to leave all his responsibilities in, like, adulthood. Yeah. I feel like he's putting it off, like, procrastinating the fact that he's going to have to grow up one... Like, one day he's going to have to, like, do all those adult stuff. And he thinks he's still a little kid who can get away with failing classes and do all that. But he doesn't realize that his future is going to be, like... he's gonna He's messing up his future by... Just wanting everything to be perfect, but while not putting in work. I feel like we all do that thing in a way. Like, we all kind of just Definitely. Like, be like, I want to still be a kid. Like, I don't, like, I want to still have ice cream when I come home mm -hmm. and sleep and watch movies and not do homework. But at the same time, you know, you can't do that. You have to do homework. I mean, obviously, you can sleep and eat ice cream. But, like, <laughs> I mean, you got to do homework. You have to handle the responsibilities. Yeah. That's funny in my eyes because you know how when you're younger, you're like, I want to grow up to be this. I want to do this when I get big. I can't wait to be older. I can't wait to be bigger. And then it's normally when you hit around that, like, 13, 14, sometimes 15-year-old, and you're like, I don't want to go do all these responsibilities. Is this what it feels like to be an adult? And nobody just – nobody at that point just wants to go – I still want to be an adult. There's like a couple people that are like, oh, I want to be successful. But what true teenager just flat out goes, I want to do this big thing all the time. It's like, I want to put in every single work. I mean, yes, of course, there are positive people out there that, of course, are willing to do the work. That's what they want to do. They have everything under control. But at the same time, they may not. Mm -hmm. Well, 
everyone else is sort of like holden sort of trapped in this like mindset of i want to grow up at the same time i don't want to have to face with all the responsibilities i don't want to have to do this i getting a job why can't i have a job and just get the money instead of working why do i have to go to work every day have like put time into it put effort into it why can't it be like when i was still a child where it was i just got food a nice house and everything so everyone's i feel like is also just sort of scared of growing up i think that's where depression i think that's where like depression and mental health comes in cuz i feel like people expect to live like a perfect life without putting in the work Look what I've learned like so far. I'm so obvious like who am I? But like like from my experience, I I learned that by working hard, that's where happiness comes from. So like for me like if I have like let's say good grades, that's where I'm the most happy. Even though I struggle hard, I stay up studying, but looking at the outcome, it makes me happy and when I don't have bad grades, like when I have bad grades, like right now, <laughs> I've been like really like in like just literally like depressed I don't want to say but like I feel like I'm my mental is not is not doing good because of my grades are not the best right now yeah I feel like it's just that like when you're younger they say like life is life is hard like you know let's face it but like at the same time you're like when you're younger you think oh life is easy you thought like he's king it's great you know I just get to go to bed I just get to eat I get to go to movies don't do no homework but like as you go older you realize life is isn't hard it's just it takes a lot of work and dedication to do what you want to do and sorry keep going chat okay <laughs> and um it's just the fact that i think like as Marilyn were saying like when if you have do something like positive for yourself even though it takes a lot of hard work the outcome just makes you feel so good right. like you just want to be like well i can do that again like When I first moved here, I came from a school where I was like a DC average. Like I was happy with that. Like I was ecstatic if I got a C. But when I moved here, there's something I don't know about this school or maybe just this whole community where it made me feel like everyone was getting so like stressed out if they got a B or a C and it made me feel really bad. And I was like, "Oh, okay." am I just not doing something so then now I get like if I get an A or B I feel really proud of myself because like I know if I had stayed in my other school I would have been completely like just not like I was failing like my other school and like here the fact that I can get like these and A's makes me feel so good about myself because I'm like I can actually do this if I just set my mind to it and you can go cuz you've been waiting yeah, for on the number Um and I think that's why a lot of people diagnose hold them with anxiety because what it is is the inability to cope with stress. Um usually stress it could be more complicated emotions. Yeah. But I know personally when I feel anxious um it's typically about school and about work and performance and how people see me. Um and it feels paralyzing to be honest because it feels like if i do anything it's not going to be good enough and i'm just going to feel worse and if i don't do anything i'm not doing anything and i'm useless and i'm worthless and everyone already hates me so i'm stuck in this state of leaning both ways and holden seems to constantly be there because he can 
do good things. He's incredible at English, but it's in his other classes that he hesitates or he just doesn't do things because he's in this state of paralysis. And that seems to affect all of his life. Yeah. Like with Jane, he talks about wanting to con- he talks wanting to call her. <laughs> wanting to call her constantly. <laughs> but he never does anything because he gets nervous. Yeah. I oh sorry, you still going? Sorry. <laughs> no <Yeah>. problem. <laughs> sorry. And that kind of leads to where he is now with the sort of Peter Pan syndrome of I don't want to grow up, but I don't want to stay a child. I want to stay in this in-between phase where there are no consequences or limits. Yeah. I think he wants to grow up, though, because he's always, like, trying to make himself older. And well, yeah, like, he, he wants to grow up. He just doesn't want to face responsibilities like, that come with the, like, Yeah, but, not, like but that's part of wanting to grow up. I feel like he's a lot smarter than a lot of people see in this book. I mean, even he was writing that thing about Egyptians and mummies and all that stuff, and he was like, oh, this is all I know, but later in the book, you see he knows a lot more than he, yeah. than he put out. And then it's just kind of like like you were saying about the pressures of school and wanting to do good sacrifices your mental health. And I feel like I was having this conversation a while ago, and I think it just sort of struck with me that no kid wants to fail. No kid is sitting there. It's like, I want to do badly. I want to fail school and not be successful. No one's like that. No kid is just like that. But if someone, if you just keep getting hit in the face with your school life or your home life, eventually you just stop trying. Because why try if you're just going to fail anyway? Failing on purpose is a lot better of a feeling than failing when you try. And so, no problem. And so it's just kind of like, it's like he, it's just his mental health if he had like someone to help him work through his issues, he could handle those responsibilities that he's trying to run away from the whole book. And it's just, everybody's telling him that he's just not trying hard enough, that he's just not doing it enough. And while in a sense that's true, but no one's dealing with the bigger issue, the bigger cause of why he's failing over and over and over again. Yeah, I feel like like when he was talking with Phoebe in her, uh, her in the bedroom, uh, <laughs> uh, when Phoebe was asking, like, oh, you know, why are you back home so early? Why, why, what do you like? What do you want to do? Like, and where it got to the point where he was, like, had to leave the room. I think it's kind of what you're saying because, like, he just, just, um, sorry, it just, <laughs> my mind, it just lost my mind. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Phoebe, what are you gonna do? Yeah. He was, oh yeah, yeah. He was. He left the room because he doesn't know what he wants to do. But at the same time, he wants everything to be perfect. He knows that he could probably do something, but he just doesn't have that. Like he wants someone to first listen to him. And I think when Phoebe was like asking him, even though as much as he loves her. He wants her to like somehow like mentally know like, hey, I need help, but I don't know how to say it. And I feel like Phoebe had that like notion of, yes, there's something wrong with you, but she didn't quite like know how to like connect with it. I honestly feel bad for him. Like in, in a way, I feel really bad because like I wanna like I wanna jump in a book and just start talking to him. Yeah. You know, and just have and just like talk to him about how he is. <clears throat> Yeah, because no one else apparently like cares about him, and mm-hmm. people just 
assume that he's a failure. Well, I think people do care about him, but he doesn't let him in, in enough exactly. to care about him. Because they don't care about him. Sorry, I'm not assertive enough for these things. Um, <laughs> Shut up, Carly, come on. Shut up. All right, so. <laughs> so there you go. I, I forgot what I was going to say. He doesn't let them care. in. They're confused and frustrated because they don't know what's going on. Because mm -hmm. he doesn't talk to them, and anytime they try to get to know, he pushes them away rather aggressively. And that is so hard to try and be patient with. And even though Holden is definitely the one struggling more, it's hard for the families and the friends of people who are mentally ill to try and understand their mindset. Because to understand someone's mindset, especially one so altered that it affects your day-to-day -day life all the time, it's difficult. It's not something we humans are really good at. But if anything, I feel like it's kind of off topic, but like... If you notice the people, the girl on the bus, the mom he met. Oh yeah. He, I feel like he liked her, like he, cause she talked to him. She like asked him questions and she gave him like. She talked to him like a person. Talk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they kind of connected, but the fact that he had to lie about his age and his name and everything about him, kind of like, what what would that do for him? You know, yeah. that just and that just like, cut down all. Um, potential for a relationship. I feel like he did that though because he was scared that she was asking mm -hmm. and like knowing him. Like she was like he like he said like when um he said that he was gonna go for an operation, like she said sorry in like a really nice way. Like she genuinely cared. And I think that at three oh okay. stop at thirty. Yeah. I think that um we 